This time of year, we get a lot of questions about tomatoes, including one of our favorites, which is, who's eating my tomato plants? Debbie Flower is here, America's favorite retired college horticultural professor. And usually when it comes down to strangers munching on tomatoes, it's uh, something in the worm family. Right. But it's not really a worm. It's a caterpillar. Yes. It's the larva of a butterfly or a moth. And there's more than one critter doing this. A lot of us uh, think of the tomato hornworm Mm -hmm. or the uh, tobacco hornworm. Mm -hmm. And the difference between those two is just the number of stripes on their back. Oh, okay. One has seven and one has eight. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, now all I got to do is remember which ones has seven and which ones have eight. (laughs) If I recall correctly, the tomato hornworm has seven white horizontal stripes on its back and the tobacco hornworm has eight. Well, I should know better than try to remember something off the top of my head. According to the North Carolina State University, larval tobacco hornworms have seven diagonal stripes on each side and a red posterior horn, while larval tomato hornworms have eight chevrons on each side and a bluish black horn. Everything you've ever wanted to know about tomato hornworms. But they basically are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're eating and pooping. They're very noticeable because they're big. They're green, or some can lean toward the brown color. Mm-hmm. They're the color of what they eat. And so in that sense, they disappear among the plant. So what you typically see is an area of the plant that is missing its leaves. Or the other thing you see is a collection of black poop that has... If you see it, look up the plant from there because poop falls down. Mm -hmm. And the bigger the poop, the bigger the tomato hornworm. And they can get up to four inches long. They start off small, though, and finding them when they're small is not easy. That's why it's always nice to have birds around. Yes. Birds like to eat them. I got in the habit at my last garden of checking the leaves of my tomatoes right around the 4th of July. So this is for my climate, when I would have planted the tomatoes mid to late April as young plants, small plants, May, June, two and a half months later, I'm looking at the underneath the leaves for little white eggs. They're just on the edge of the leaf, but on the underside. And then I squash them. Those are the eggs of the tomato hornworm. Are they laid singly? They're laid singly. Yes. All right. Yes. And the moth that laid that egg is certainly an interesting variety. Mm -hmm. Some people call it the sphinx moth or a hummingbird moth. It's sort of a big, nondescript brown moth that if you like aromatic plants and you've planted Nicotiana, that's its favorite plant. Mm -hmm. So you may not want, if you like tomatoes and you have an aromatic garden somewhere, you might want to keep Nicotiana out of it. Right. Uh, I know people who will not kill the tomato hornworm because they love that moth, which flies at night. So if you don't spend time in your garden at night, you may never see it. The only way you're going to catch that moth is when you see it emerging from the soil in spring. I have never seen that. I have. Have you? It was like like a gift from God. I bet. I was uh, preparing a raised bed to plant tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And I was working. This is the old days. I was double digging. Oh, yes. We don't do that anymore. Yes. And double digging is a lot of work. It is. Well, as I was double digging, all of a sudden, I, I saw this the ground start vibrating. Oh, wow. And then... This moth appeared. I mean, it was kind of wet looking and Mm -hmm. small, but you could see it was trying to open its wings Mm -hmm. there on the surface. Oh, my. It is the Sphinx moth. And and it had the the, that red football like cocoon Mm -hmm. 
sort of semi-attached to it that I was trying mm-hmm. to break free from. Those I have seen. Yeah. They're kind of mahogany color and right. shiny and have right. a pointed end. Yeah, they look like a football. And if you see them, throw them like a football <laughs> to the birds. But I, I saw this moth starting to start its life. Oh. And I go, it's a miracle of life. And I stomped it with my shoe. Oh. I'm sorry, but I like my tomatoes more. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are, they they are the larva of moths and butterflies are the teenage eating machine phase of of their life. They they have egg an egg that hatches into this larva. It's very small at first and gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it eats and eats and eats and then it pupates, gets into that football case in some cases other cocoons or or chrysalises look different, mm-hmm. uh, but they themselves all covered up and go into a resting stage, often in the soil. And, then and often they, near the plant. And too. often near the plant, right? Yeah. Right. They just sort of drop to the ground mm-hmm. and pupate, it's called, create this case around them and spend a, a, a resting period there, living off of the food that they have eaten as the larval stage. And then they convert, which to me is like a miracle, they convert from this wormy caterpillar into something that flies it is amazing but they're not your best friend no if you like tomatoes and and it's not uncommon if you are tearing out your tomato plants at the end of the season you just might uh, dig up some of these brownish orangish uh, football mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. cocoons and like i say that's bird food mm-hmm. yes it is birds do like it yes yeah. That, that, that's the life cycle of the tomato hornworm. But right. there's a couple of other tomato worms that uh, also are involved in eating, and their eating habits are a little different because the hornworm will munch on leaves, it'll munch on fruit. It, it's pretty indiscriminate as far as what it's going to be enjoying on that tomato plant. But then you've got, like, the fruit worm and the pinworm. Right. Now, what, what sort of damage do they do? Well, the fruit worm, it's also called a corn earworm, and yeah. these insects have limited host ranges meaning that there there aren't they won't eat just anything the tomato hornworm eats tomatoes the tobacco hornworm eats tobacco the tomato fruitworm has a little bit larger host range uh they'll eat tomatoes lettuce corn and a few other edibles it occurs later in the growing season so the tomato hornworm where we live starts it's eggs in from eggs in uh, early July. We're looking at more like August for the tomato fruitworm to appear, and it is the the adult will come in and lay eggs on the leaves again, and they're typically on the underside. That's a protective thing that insects do. So you got to look at the backside. They are translucent and they are white, but then within like twenty four hours they go through a yellow and brown stage. So that's one way you could tell it from a hornworm if you're looking. The larvae hatch and they start eating, and they will eat pretty much anything, leaves, buds, and fruit. Again, they will produce the poop. So look up if you see the poop to find the offender, and they will leave holes in the leaves and holes in the fruit. Then they fall to the ground and pupate in the soil as well. So in both cases, handpicking is one thing to do. And if you can't stand to touch the caterpillar, they will try to hold on. It's amazing how much strength they have in their little legs. You can just take the leaf or the fruit with it and drop it in some soapy water. Having birds around, so having stakes in the garden that the birds will sit on. They can just be sticks, a piece of fencing, the cage around your tomato might might be enough for them and they will find them and take them away for you but the other is to create the good bug hotel as fred likes to talk about and he has a list of the plants that you would want in your good bug hotel 
uh, at Farmer Fred, uh, plants that attract beneficials. Growing some of those around the garden will help bring in the natural enemies of these insects, which are typically very small, tiny, tiny wasps that will attack them. We'll have a link to that site in today's show notes. Uh, you can find it at FarmerFred.com. There's two uh stories about it, one called the Good Bug Hotel and the other that is called uh, Plants That Attract Beneficial Insects. And the other way to control these is with a, a chemical called BT. It's a live organism, Bacillus thuringiensis. Uh, so you want to buy it fresh and store it indoors, not in your garage where it gets to be 150 degrees, maybe. <laughs> yes. And you mix it with water and you apply it. The thing is that you have to apply it at the right time. So with the tomato hornworm, it has to be applied as the eggs are hatching or you have the small larva. So for me here, that's a, that's the first week of July. For the tomato fruitworm, it only works when the fruitworm is coming out of the egg, when it's its absolute very smallest. So you can use it. It does not, it's very specific to the, uh, larva of butterflies and moths, but only the ones that eat it. So if you put it on your tomatoes, it's not going to harm monarch butterflies because they have nothing to do with tomatoes. They don't eat tomatoes. It's not going to harm swallowtails that are beautiful and we love to watch because they don't eat tomatoes either. So if you only apply it to tomatoes, it will only affect the larva that eat tomato leaves. And so that's the tomato hornworm and then tomato fruitworm. We'll have uh, links to both the fruitworm and the pinworm and the hornworm in today's show notes so you can see how different they look. Yes, they do look different. And one strategy, too, and we, we talk about doing this for a variety of reasons, and pest control is one of those reasons, and that's rotate your crops. Mm -hmm. Don't plant tomatoes in the same spot year after year. And this is a big reason for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can, as you said, you saw the uh, hornworm because you were working in the soil. And if I have done that, I've seen, I've not seen it emerge, but I have seen the case, the chrysalis, the pupil case. And yeah, if you can dig those out, that, that helps. Yeah, that's one way to control it. But again... Uh, you got to get them all. <laughs> yeah. And the problem too with planting the same crop in the same place year after year is you're creating a uh, incubation zone for diseases. Yes. That will attack yes, that is the same the plants. Mm -hmm. So rotate your crops. And then there's the pinworm. The pinworm is quite different. We're coming down in size. We started at the hornworm that can be mm -hmm. like four inches long. And then we have the fruitworm, which is maybe half that size. Yeah. And now we're down to the pinworm, which is really small, uh, like maybe a quarter of an inch. And it's thin. Its host range is a lot of the things in the Solanaceae family, which includes tomatoes, um, potatoes, eggplants, and there are some weeds or things we call weeds that are in that family as well. And it goes after the fruit of those. Mm. And that would be something that you'd want to remove. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It attacks the fruit itself. In potatoes, we think of, may, might think that the potatoes we eat are the fruit, but that's not the case. Fruit have seed in them. And potatoes, if you let it form, will produce a fruit above ground. They will have a flower, it'll get pollinated, and they will produce a fruit. And that is where you're going to find the pinworm. So it's very small, it's light colored. It can be actually a whole variety of colors, tan, gray, and in some references talk about it being dark. So you're looking for a small, very small, thin worm. And it's going to be on the fruit. And they, these have the ability to produce silk. It can spin a web. 
It can spin a protective covering over itself that is white and looks thready. And that when it starts to eat, that's what it will do. And then as more of them appear, they will tie leaves together as protection. Then again, if you start seeing some curled leaves, that yes. might be the reason they're curling. Is there somebody curled right. up in there? Open them up and yeah. see if there's somebody in there and squash them if there is. Right. Then they they eat some leaves and they find their way to the fruit and they make a small hole, like a pinhole, mm-hmm. near the stem end of the fruit. And they get in there and then, you know, they're well protected in there and they eat all they want of your fruit. So this is in, in like a lot of situations where if you see holes in a piece of a fruit, that is the exit point for a, a boar of some sort. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> a tomato with a hole, there still may be somebody in there. Yes. Yeah. That'd yes. be excitement. Yeah. Yum. They're very difficult to control because they're so well protected all the time. And so you're, you're going to want to uh, rotate your crops, as Fred said. You want to, if you bring in transplants, you bought them or your friend grew them or whatever, check them over for eggs. These tomato worms lay eggs on the backs of leaves. In this case, they're uh, white and they turn yellow and then orange. And there may be single or they may be two or three together. So any eggs you see on the back of a tomato leaf, examine it, look it over, turn those leaves over. You can just run your fingers over the margins and squash anything that you do find. So remove them before you bring them in. They're prolific. I mean, if you if they develop seven to eight generations a year, right? They keep they're busy and they overlap. The generations overlap. So yes, yeah, seven to eight generations a year. There are a lot of them. If you go, if you've got them, it's a problem. So you're going to have to re- eliminate the plant as soon as you find the worm on it, because they could be in other parts of the plant and laying eggs could be all over those plants. Well, I would wait until you see more. Would you? If you saw one worm, would you rip out the plant? If I saw one, no, but I would spend a lot of time examining the plant and any other plants that were nearby. What's nice for gardeners is you have another helper. You may not think of them as helpers, but they're helpers when it comes to control, especially tomato hornworms. And that's our friends, the wasps, Mm -hmm. paper wasps and yellow jackets. Mm -hmm. They like tomato worms. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. I watched them once on a hike is in Castle Crags Park. It was not a tomato hornworm, but it was a caterpillar of a butterfly or moth. And they wrestled it off the plant, put it on the ground, and then cut it in pieces and <laughs> flew off a piece at a time and came back and got the next piece and took it away. But they saw, basically, I mean, they didn't have a saw. They used their mouth parts, chewed it into pieces. It was really cool. Yeah. And I've seen them do that to tomato hornworms, and they were just biting off chunks and flying away. Woo! Yes. So, they got pe- family to feed. Yeah. So don't panic if you start seeing paper wasp or yellow jackets flitting about your tomato plants. Right. They're, they're just trying to help. And when they're not there, you may want to go see what they're after. I, I'd like to know where they live. Yes. Yes. But well, you don't want them living near your door or whatever. No. The other thing they go after is honeydew. And so they mm. can be an indication that there is a sucking insect, uh, aphids or scale in your garden would be likely contenders producing the stickiness that they actually eat. But unlike aphids or scale, you can't use a blast of water from a hose to end your tomato no, they are tenacious. They, I don't know what they have on the ends of their feet, but you can't knock them off with water. They'd appreciate the shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So tomato worms, 
generally, if you control the problem and you control their reproductive uh, schedule, you can keep them under control and, and keep the birds around, too. Keep the birds and the good bugs. Yeah. 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 They, they help out a lot. They sure do. As you pointed out, the only known effective chemical is Bt, Bacillus thuringiensis, but that, again, works best on the smaller worms, the uh, bigger worms. When they're f- new out of the egg. Yeah. Yes. And so you have to kind of know when they show up. And they have to be hit directly, don't they? They have to eat it. Oh, okay. So you can do the top of the leaf and they'll come around and eat that leaf and it'll cause some tummy problems. Tomato worms. Hope you don't have them. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. (laughs) You're welcome, Fred. 